everyone, the Complex PTSD Guy here. I wanted to share some thoughts on gaslighting and how I think this relates to complex PTSD. I'll start out by saying that I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. I'm merely a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm choosing to talk about it on this podcast. I'll start out by reading the definition of gaslight. It is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Another definition, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or a group covertly sows sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment. So gaslighting is something I grew up around. I didn't know what it was until much later in life. I never knew there was a word gaslighting until just a few years ago. I watched the movie where the word originates, there's a movie called Gaslight, and that movie came out in 1944. Ingrid Bergman is in it, she's the star, and it also stars a young Angela Lansbury, who's the maid in the movie. The movie is about a man who is tricking his wife, his new wife, into thinking that she is crazy by turning the gaslights in their Victorian home on and off. He's making the gaslights go up and down. She thinks that he is out of the house when this is occurring, but in reality he's actually hiding in the home and altering the lights to go up and down. She wonders if she is imagining things. He eventually starts moving things around in her purse, like her jewelry and the home, in order to get her to think she is having dementia. Eventually she has a breakdown in public, which then gets the public to worry about her. Eventually. I believe it's a detective. A detective figures out that she's not losing her mind and proves that her husband was just trying to get her family inheritance by marrying her and then getting her to think she was crazy. In the end, the woman, Ingrid Bergman, realizes she's not crazy and everything is all right. From my experiences, the gaslighter usually has his or her pawns, as I call them. So in the movie Gaslight, this would be the maid uh, because the, the husband who was gaslighting his wife, he would always trick the wife when the maid was not able to witness it. The wife would then run up to the maid asking, did you see the lights go on and off? And the maid would look at her like she was crazy. The maid, would, the maid was the husband's pawn, and the maid didn't even know it. So by getting the maid to look at the wife as if she's not okay and saying, no, I did not see the lights go on and off, it was cementing it into the wife's mind that she was actually losing her mind. This is similar to what I used to experience. So the gaslighters in my life usually had his or her pawns. There are people who only see the gaslighter side of the story for whatever reason. The gaslighters will say things behind my back and then when I run into a pawn, the pawn will usually look at me as if something is wrong and say, how are things going for you? Or I hope you're doing okay, but they say it in a way as if something's wrong. As an adult, I have caught on to this and usually say, everything is great, and they look confused. The pawns look confused. It's always helpful to make sure you stay focused on positive activities so you can give pawns examples of things that are going good in your life. This will help to uh, squash the gaslighter's effect. One thing gaslighters hate 
and it will usually scare them off. Not always. But one thing they hate is a healthy, functional person who has an active social life. A gaslighter has a harder time fooling others into thinking that you are not well if you have a functional lifestyle. This is one reason sobriety is so important for people who have been gaslit. If you fall off the wagon or end up hurting yourself, the gaslighter will say, See, I told you so. So the best you can do with a gaslighter is know what they are and get away from them and get yourself into a healthy schedule. Mine is working out four days a week, doing weightlifting, eating healthy, and engaging with my poetry group, and staying active with local history, and continuing with my massage career. This is one big reason I wrote and co-produced my play. Um, I wanted to make sure that the story is not forgotten. By the way, I am proofreading the final copy of my play as we speak. I finally got those last few pages done. It took a lot of linguistic work because of the southern dialect of 50. About half of the characters in the play have a southern draw. So I literally wrote out how they would speak a word with a southern accent. But it's all done now. There's comfort in knowing that even if I do fall off the wagon in my own life, I always have this play as my backup, knowing that the story was told and it's out there for people to see. It's hugely comforting. Ironically, there was this TV show when I was a teenager called Absolutely Fabulous. I've talked a little bit about this show a long time ago because one of the script editors was Ruby Wax, and Ruby Wax is a mental health... uh, She gives mental health lectures now. The show is actually on Hulu now. The daughter in that show, her name is Safi, was always being emotionally abused by her mother on the show. Adina. And when I was writing my play a few years ago and living with a roommate in North Carolina, I happened to catch an episode I had never seen before. It blew my mind. It's season four, episode five, and it's titled A Small Opening. So in this episode, the daughter, Safi, who's been emotionally abused by her mother for years and years since her childhood, the daughter writes a play about her upbringing, and she, co- she produces it. For the, a local theater. When I saw this episode, I could not believe it. I said to my roommate, Safi wrote a play. I said, that's just what I did. She wrote about her life. She had to get it out. It's a really great episode. The, um, it was a personal triumph for Safi, as it was for me. And, as, and like me, Safi did not study theater. She was always a scientist. But she just had to get the story out, so she wrote it and put it on stage. The interesting thing also about that is that the woman who writes the show for Absolutely Fabulous, her name is Jennifer Saunders, she plays the mom on the show. And whenever I signed up for my local poetry group, they said, who are your writing inspirations? And I said, Jennifer Saunders. So I always had that connection to that show. Also, The way gaslighting relates to complex PTSD should be somewhat obvious. It's basically long-term emotional abuse. If you grow up as a child with a parent who's constantly making you feel crazy, you might just go crazy. Unless you're told it's actually the parent who is sick and not you. I was fortunate enough to have two people tell me that. Technically three. 
also, one other thing I want to share. There was an episode, I never saw the full episode, but there was an episode of Hoarders where a parent did this to their child. This, I would say, gaslighting, but you could just say she was being emotionally abusive. And the child on the show, a young woman at this time, she started banging her fists on her head. That particular clip can be seen on YouTube if you type in hoarders, can you bring me a pickle? The reason it's called that is because that's what the parent is saying to the daughter. She's basically, or she says that to maybe the daughter's father, her husband. But the daughter so perfectly displays the frustration of living with someone like this. Much like the daughter in Absolutely Fabulous. It's just a short little clip on YouTube. But just the conversation between the mom and daughter is very on point for the way gaslighters treat their children. That is all I have to share today. Wish me luck on my final revisions on my play. This is the Complex PTSD Guy signing off.